The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to the Cutting Room. It's 2014. Lauren, where have we been? So many places. I know. Well, it's been crazy here. It's been so busy that we've not been able to get these cutting rooms out. But guess what? Next week, maybe a week and a couple days, we're going to have part one of our interview with Christopher Dellison. Awesome. He cut Moneyball, he cut Capote, he cut just recently uh, Lampert and Stamp Doc, which is at Sundance and doing really well. It's cool. getting a lot of rave reviews. So we got to sit down with him and we talked for over an hour. And then we had to wrap it up because he was actually jumping on a plane as we were uh, chatting. But it probably would have ended up for a couple more hours. Um, and that's one that you've been trying to uh, that for a while. That one has been in the works for, I would say, almost a year. So that's fantastic. That'll and be exciting. we couldn't have done it without Jeremy Weinstein. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. So without him, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So if you know him, because I know a lot of listeners do, because uh, a lot of our LA listeners know him. Okay. Next time you see him, give him a big pat on the back. Don't hurt him. He does not deserve to yes. be. Hurt. He also just, uh, I think, finished his tenure or his uh, stuff at the union, MPEG. Oh, cool. So he's now out and working on his next big project. Watch out, L.A. <laughs> Here he is. Um, but this week we got a great show. Um, we've got Alan Grow and we've got John Pliny Aramick. But uh, he prefers to go by Pliny. So everyone throughout the interview just refers to him as Pliny. Okay, so Pliny and Alan Grow from ncrawl.com. Yes, and if you haven't seen ncrawl.com, and you do anything that requires credits, i.e. anything in our industry, Sure. then uh, you might want to check this out because it'll save you a lot of time and energy and pain in the ass. Yeah, pretty cool new product. Yeah. Now, it's in this early phase and they're, they're just about to release the new interface. Um, but yeah, keep, check it out, ncrawl.com. And if you're working on a project, uh, submit it, let them know. Yeah, cool. So, and uh, one thing before we get into that interview, uh, if you weren't aware, we're going to have our first booth at NAB. Definitely visit this booth. And it's booth number, get a pen, are you ready? SL, so South Lower, 15816. Right. 15816. So, SL, so. Um, South Lower. Super Lauren, 15816. I think that's more confusing. Super Lauren fifteen eight six, and you can find it easily by <laughs> referring to that. Yeah, number. check on Nab for Super Lauren. See what happens. Yeah, um, and uh, that's really exciting. It and is. We're kind of in the back. Make the effort, guys. Yes. Go see them. Check it. Well, we're trying to make it hip, cool, and fun. Sure. So we're gonna have a golf course. You are a mini golf course. Oh lord. And is this? Wait a second. Let me just ask. This was John's idea. This is great. Is this golf course going to end up in our home? No, it's going to stay in Las Vegas. I'm going to sign it. 
you know wow. what I mean? Wow. <laughs> um, the nice thing though, we, we also ha are going to have a bunch of iPads because we, we built this product that I can't mention yet because um, we're waiting for some approval. Mm -hmm. So we're a little nervous because the approval comes late February. Mm -hmm. And once we get approval, we can release the product and start demoing it. And that's what we're going to do at NAB is demo this product. So we need some iPads to demo the product. So we're, uh, we're going to have a bunch of iPads there and I think we're going to raffle them off. That sounds very exciting. So if you like to relax at NAB with your pals, play a round of mini golf, maybe it's just one just hole. Just one hole. Yeah, if you just want to play one hole of mini golf and um, have a good chance at getting an iPad, then I would suggest you go to Super Lauren 15816. Yes. And um, one thing that I like to think about, we just bought a lottery ticket this morning, actually, it's Sunday right now. And one thing I like to think is someone's got to win, so why not it be you? So um, just think how many people are really going to go all the way to the south lower 15816? Maybe not as many as you would think, and maybe that gives you a great chance of getting an iPad. So get your butt down there and, uh, and take home that iPad that you deserve for your trek. And um, yeah, and we're also going to have coffee. Yes. As many people know, I'm a coffee addict. He really is. It's just and, a real uh, Yes, so it's going to be great. And, and what else is going to be going on at your booth? Uh, well, we're going to be demoing the product. We're going to be having lots of podcasters come in. So we have uh, Going Postals coming in um, to do a talk. We have, if you've ever been to Manhattan Edit Workshop, we have Josh coming in to give talks. Cool. Uh, we have people coming in just hanging out, talking about their work, also doing interviews with some of the companies so you can come back and hang out with the guys from the company as opposed to going to their show floors and sort of... And speaking to a salesperson, you can yeah. maybe speak to the... the Actually, you know. enjoy yourself. So. Right. And, um, <laughs> and will there be any um, recording happening? All live. We're streaming it live 24-7. And by 24-7, I mean eight hours, three times a day. Very good. So there's a potential that you could be listening in on a live broadcast of Going Postal or yep. And it'll be broadcast. on AOTG.com right on the front page. Awesome. Well, I think, Lauren, we should get into our interview. Okay. Uh, we do have some news. We're going to start posting questions on our podcast so that you can actually call in on our line. That's right. We have a line now. We have a phone line, one line. We don't have multiples, so we can't do a caller in show, uh, a call in show. So we're going to tell you that number and we're going to give you a few questions to call us about. And if anyone calls us, <laughs> then maybe we'll share your answers. Yeah, we'll play them on air. Yeah. With all that said, here's my interview with Ncrawl.com's team. Can you give me a sense of how the two of you got into the industry and how you ended up with Ncrawl.com? So I currently have a day job at HBO. I operate Ncrawl. Before uh, either of those, I was um, running post-production a boutique post facility called Off Hollywood. We were actually a camera house uh, and we had Digital Lab and uh, DI. So um, I ran post there for about eight and a half years. In the course of that, made a lot of end credits. So long story short, I figured there must be a better way. You know, the, the way to do it right now is you take some horrible, ugly, 
ugly Excel spreadsheet, give it to a designer, and they make some gigantic, nasty uh, Photoshop or Illustrator, and then they drop that into After Effects and render it. And that's all fine. Well, those are nice tools, but they're not meant to rapidly version uh, end credits a hundred times, and that's kind of what you have to do. Um, if you just output it one time and we're done, then you wouldn't need anything that we've built. But end credits are always one more change, always one more typo. You put the umlaut over the wrong letter in the grip's middle name. You have uh, one more special thanks you forgot. It, it, it never ends. And uh, this is true of studios. It's true with uh, with independent features. So um, what ends up happening is you keep going back to the designer who's making it. You keep corresponding over than 10 changes they copy and paste and they get eight right they send you a render a few hours later you you look at it you tell them what you did wrong and you go back and forth and it's a horrible painful process and at some point whoever's making the end credits is going to want overages because they've done it 50 times um, i have a friend who you know is a post super and he went into a post facility with like a two thousand dollar quote and came out with a six thousand dollar bill because there's always one more thing so one of the things we wanted to um just cut out of that was just always getting whacked for one more version just assume going in well you're just going to make this a hundred times you know and it's okay especially for indies you might not be finished the first time you screen it you'll take it on the festival skit maybe make a sale six months later and then you gotta go back and add four more names to the credit you still want it to be the same length but not shimmer and butter and look nice and you don't want to chase down the person with the project file who by now is hiking in india or God knows where. So um, projects, they live forever. There's no um, restriction how many users or how often you use it. And currently under the beta, um, uh, unlimited sort of half-res preview renders. And if you like the service, you pay one flat rate and you get unlimited uh, HD and 2K renders, including uncompressed DPX. Um, so you pay once and then <laughs> your movie's covered for the long tail. And we have customers come back and do version one. We had one customer... Um, the documentary feature called Casting By, which uh, actually has some Oscar buzz. It's a really good, really good film. And they made version one very early on, in the summer of 2012. They were version 55, uh, almost exactly a year later. And that's sort of that's sort of the we covered that, you know, because that's how it's going to usually happen. People say, ah, oh, no, I'll render it once and it'll be done. And then four months later, um, you know, you got to make another change. So yeah, it's it's the idea of just applying simple clean typographic rules to structure data so we put everything into a database so you know this thing is a name this thing the role this thing is a song title sings the idea is that we get everything what we geeks call structured data so instead of having one giant wad of text in photoshop or illustrator for example we have all the information in a database we know this thing here is a name this thing here is a song title. This thing here is a copyright notice. So if we say, oh, let's make all the names uppercase or make, let's make them a slightly heavier uh, font weight, um, then we can do that in a second. We just flip a switch. Whereas if you told a designer, uh, go and make all the names uppercase, they'll say, sure, that'll take me you know, till tomorrow. Now, because you two have very different backgrounds. So I was wondering if, Alan, if you could give me a sense of how you got involved with Ncrawl. Sure. I mean, baby pitched it to me once and I said, like, oh, you know, I, I understand that that's your pain, but, you know, I'm not feeling I'm, I'm not in this world at all. And then I think about a year passed and uh, we went to some holiday party, had a lot of drinks and just decided to do it. Um, at that point, he sort of convinced me that 
there were a, a ton of films doing this and it was extremely painful. And uh, at that point, it looked like a problem worth solving. But what was your background? Because you actually come not from within the film industry, but uh, somewhere else. I'm a programmer. I have degrees in computer science and math, but I love doing stuff in different domains. So uh, the last startup happened to be entertainment, and this one is also, you know, film industry. Uh, but I've, I've done a lot of different stuff, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of follow my notes, I guess, as far as as well as interesting. And I think what's interesting about about Encrawl from the uh, technologist's perspective is that you have this entertainment industry that, that has tech. There's some really tech-heavy sectors of it, but there are other sectors of it that just tech has really gone nowhere near it. And so there's some, I think there's some real big opportunities there to, uh, you know, just make people's lives easier. What What was some of the the issues that you encountered in creating the software in the first place? But also, because usually something like this might be created for After Effects as a plugin or for. No. Uh, <laughs> no can, no, I, but, can uh, I jump in there, Alan? Well, I was sure. I was going to say it's usually it might be like a software essentially off your your Mac. So whereas this is a web page. Right. So the the big difference that we um, sort of realized early on is that people collaborate on their credits. You know, and if if you look at like our projects, you know, it typically we have somewhere between five and ten people that have gone in and either edited the credits or they've reviewed them. So um, it doesn't really work so well if, if you know one person has the credits locked down on their machine. You know, then they sort of become the bottleneck. So. We, we kind of wanted to open that up a little bit and actually allow people to collaborate on these things as they have been wanting to do. So yeah, that's key. What Alan said is that it's locked down on someone's machine because then you have to go back and make a change a month from now, five months from now. You don't want to have to go chase down that project file or hope that machine didn't happen to get reformatted. But what I was thinking was more in terms of uh, coding. Like if you're you're building, for example, you, in your your documentation that I was looking at, uh, you talk about building the render engine in the cloud. So like, what were some of the tasks that you had to undertake to get that done? Because it's such a visual uh, medium, and coding is such a mathematically driven or very logically driven. Tac- uh, less tactile, I guess. We've had to put a lot of thought into um, typographic rules um, and, and good typography. What, we're, what we try to do is, because our customers are not generally designers, we try to sort of gently nudge people or force people into good design decisions. So we spent a lot of time looking at typefaces and which ones work best for scrolling credits. Uh, they don't all work equally well. Some don't play very well at all. And when you think about it, a 2,000 pixel canvas, especially if you start going inside of uh, title safe areas, is not a very large canvas by, say, print design standards. It's very small. It's more akin to the world of uh, web typography than it is to the world of print typography. So you really have to think about, yeah, this font looks great, sure, when it's blown up to 100 points, but a lot of details and little flourishes look great in a the typeface. They get lost when they're at 20 or 30 points. So you, we've spent a lot of time looking at which typefaces make sense, which ones look good when they move vertically. And um, and then we spent a lot of time, uh, like you say, uh, making sure that no matter what, they look nicely laid out, nicely presented. I've actually looked at end credits on $100 million movies, and 
they, they <laughs> some some of the areas just look really slammed together. And I know what happened. I can tell you that you know they were making revisions at the eleventh hour, and some designer was just hacking stuff in there as best they could to make a deadline. With our render engine, every time you make one change and make an output, the type setting is completely recalculated. He was saying we actually have this thing, this render engine that's that's in the cloud that we built. We can run it locally, but we run it in the cloud in production, and uh, it for every um, film. Once you've locked in a target runtime, typically people, they pick music for it and they say, hey, I want it to be exactly four minutes and 32 seconds. It's got to roll out at exactly that minute. And as they're changing credits, they're still expecting it to be that exact same length. So this is actually kind of a, a tough problem. And uh, we, we have some stuff that does typographic optimization so that your credits don't look funky. It sort of evenly distributes the, the needed space in the right typographic places so that every time, you know, it's four minutes and 32 seconds, like even as you're adding, adding or subtracting information from the end credits. It's to go back to your... out there, uh, just to say that every single time you make a render, even if you change just one letter, we or just add one row, uh, our render engine recalculates the typesetting top to bottom, makes very subtle adjustments to make sure correct scrolls and scrolls smoothly. Getting a whole new out- output every single time is, again, something that an individual designer couldn't do. Or you talked about uh, typography. Um, and it's a f- what blows me away is you don't realize until you see bad typography juxtaposed to good typography how important it is. When you're when you're looking at the typography for the actual system, uh, what are you guys looking for in terms of the design of the text, and what would you recommend for people to look for in their fonts? Generally speaking, uh, these these are some very broad rules. They can all be broken. Those little uh, serif flirts, again, they tend to sort of get lost. Uh, the rules often that serif are easier to read. I think that's true um, with print, with books. Um, I don't think that's true with scrolling text in a 2K or even a 4K canvas. You want to make sure that you don't have a lot of very thin or hairline strokes, especially um, the horizontal strokes. So, for example, the bar in an uppercase A, that's going to shimmer. If you have underlined text, we discourage that, that's going to shimmer. So a lot of typefaces that look great, like a Didon, um, they look great on the cover of a magazine, don't look good in scrolling text. What we often say is you, you want something that's a little more, well, not necessarily conservative, but you know, that's a, that's a little more straightforward, a geometric sense, something like that. What you really want is to work legible and look clean. And if you want uh, a bit more of a, an unusual typeface, um, pick maybe an established font that's been used in the film, maybe in the front titles or in the mains for the headings of the different sections, songs, cast, and so forth. You've been in beta testing for a while, and I was wondering, when do you think you're going to bring bring this uh, product live and make it public? And and what are some of the struggles to get it to that point that you're working on? We have a UI right now that's under active development. We kind of waited on it in a way just because we really want to just gather as much data on how people use this stuff and what they actually need versus what they say might be a cool thing to have and don't really ultimately need. So now we have a pretty clear picture of what the Encrawl UI needs to have in it and needs to do. We're going to be releasing it this quarter and probably coming out of beta at that point. And uh, it's pretty sexy. It's a lot sexier than what we've got now, which is a spreadsheet and send an email when you want to render. <laughs> now, I noticed I noticed on your website that you've got a lot of... Um, 
because in it, towards the end of the credits, you'll have things like I Heart New York or, you know, various oh, funding yeah. organizations. And I noticed that they're all U.S. based. Are there plans to start expanding into other countries? Because I know that Canada, the U.K., they all have their funding bodies, but there's also like co-productions that would require certain uh, end oh, we've credits. Done, we've done plenty of international. Alan, um, we've done Japanese. Latin. Yeah, we've done some Japanese. We've done some Cyrillic Russian ones. We've done some Italian ones. We've done an Icelandic one. Well, that that film's actually in Sundance right now. It's called Land Ho, and uh, they're, you know, half the credits are in Icelandic. Um, can we can we talk about Sundance really fast? Yeah, yeah, of course. Tell us about Sundance. Cool. So ten of our customers uh, got into Sundance this year. Really happy about. I think five of the uh, sixteen competition films, uh, the ones in dramatic competition. So, uh, and one of those is a really nice looking bilingual Japanese and English scroll for a film called Kumiko, the treasure hunter. Oh, wow. Do you know, if I remember uh, correctly, when I was looking at some of your tweets, you were going to have a meetup there. Yes. Yes. We're having a meetup and we haven't announced yet where, right? We need to do that. <laughs> so um, but, so yeah. if you're listening, keep an eye out at uh, for the Twitter handle at Ncrawl for when the meetup's going to be and where. Now, I have uh, I have one more question that I ask all the people that I interview. Well, actually, I got two more questions. First, where can people go to learn more about your product? Uh, Ncrawl.com. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And if they have any questions, they can get you on Twitter at uh, Ncrawl. Yep. Or they can just ping uh, support at ncrawl.com. The last question that I ask everyone that I interview is, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? Is Singing in the Rain a guilty pleasure? I love it, but yeah, I, I think some people might consider that. Uh, for me, it's definitely uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which I somehow manage to cry harder at every year. It's the only movie <laughs> only movie that happens with. It's my, uh, one of my um, Hall of Shame films that I haven't actually seen, I guess. Oh, I my know. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to fix I this. Yeah, I know, sorry. In the sort of same vein, what's your favorite sort of title sequence or, or credit sequence that you've seen? Uh, the, to, for me, the best by far, well, I'll mention two. I just saw um, the series premiered at True Detective last month. It's awesome. That's a great opening title sequence. But for me, the, the greatest of all time, not even close to anything else, would be True Blood. I think I think um, digital, I think it's digital cation. Their work on that is just phenomenal. It still makes me, it still creeps me out every time I see it. And how about yourself, Alan? Are we talking about opening credits? It can be opening or it can be closing credits. What is your favorite? What's your favorite scrolling credits? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking some films have, you know, those title cards at the end, but yeah. Was, yeah. Title sequence. I, you know, I'm kind of sweet on um, the Twin Peaks opening credits for some weird reason. They're, they're kind of hideous, but I think that's the point or something. So that was my interview with the guys from ncrawl.com. Remember, go to ncrawl.com or check out their Twitter handle at ncrawl. Uh, so what what I was saying before... Uh, Go to South Lower 15816. <laughs> yes. We're going to have our nav booth. But we also, we have a phone number now. Yes. And so, as you know, we are in Toronto, Canada. We do a lot of stuff in the States and we go to the States a lot. But we never got a phone number down there. No. And really, it's kind of time that we got one. And so, <laughs> what... We decided to do is we decided to set something up so that we could still get it here in Canada if needed. Well, you can get messages. I don't think you can get, uh, like, you you won't be answering the phone necessarily, unfortunately. No. Uh, what, uh, if, if you want to do business with Gord, you want to talk to Gord about you know a particular you option or uh, opportunity, or you just want to chat with him or whatever. The best way to go about that is to email him, and he can send you his phone number, and you can set up a time to Info chat. Info at aotg.com. Yeah. Um, 
But if you just want to send a comment, and sometimes it's nice to know that no one's going to answer the phone and you are just free to just, you know, go off and chat and talk about whatever you need to talk about, get it off your chest, this is the number you call. Yeah, and it's going to be fun because this way we can sort of post something or ask you guys to give us your opinion on something. Uh, and you can actually call in, leave a message, tell us if we're crazy or what you liked. Uh, or just, you know, leave us a weird message. I don't know. Yeah. And if, if and the top ones will play. And if you need to, leave us your contact information and maybe Gore can call you from that too. I just don't know how timely it will be. Yeah. Um, so here's our phone number. It's a Tennessee number, but what we did was we went through Google Voice and got this phone number. So when you call, you're actually calling Google and Google's giving me a message in my Gmail account. Perfect. And so the phone number is 423-352-POST. So 423-352-POST, 7678. Yeah, so uh, if you're outside of North America, it'd be 1-423-352-POST, or the last four digits are 7678. So we would love to hear from you. I think it would be really exciting if people called in. And you could just call and say like, hey, I listened. <laughs> this is verification that your message has hit, you know, the internet. Um, you don't have to have anything super profound or you can, you can make an essay out of it. I don't care. But I think it would be really great to hear, you know, that people are listening and, uh, and share if you have something you want to talk about, share. And if it's not, if Gord has posed a question and you're like, oh, I've got nothing to say about those, but we got to talk about blank. Go yeah, ahead. Tell us what we need to talk about. Tell us to stop talking about one thing and start talking about another and we'll check it out. One thing you might have noticed is um, the Art of the Guillotine uh, Facebook page is posting a bit more regularly and we're trying to really nurture a conversation there. So keep an eye on that. And, um, and you know, if comments on some of those posts start to send the conversation in another direction, we'll post about that topic. So for instance, I think we were talking about what advice would you give to a younger person uh, just starting, or to yourself, uh, if you were just starting out, that you wish you'd been given. And Dan Wolfmeyer. Dan Wolfmeyer, who I have actually met, one of the few events I've gone to. And it's funny, because every time I see him, he thinks that I don't remember him. <laughs> I remember him. I, know. <laughs> I met him like four years ago or something. And he's like, uh, you don't remember me. I'm like, Dan? And he's like, oh, you do. Yeah. So anyway, so he uh, he posted move to L.A. or, or New York, um, which I think a lot of people do or think that they need to do. But it's also a pretty scary thing to just up and go. And so then we followed up with a question. If you're going to move, when's the best time in your career to move? And, uh, you know, like I think that generates more conversation. There's a lot of different ways we can go with um, what we're talking about on Facebook and, and also on this phone line. So and of course, you bring uh, up topics too. We're really interested yeah. in what you think. Yeah, and also of course, if you're using AOTG, make sure if you find anything that's post related, post it to AOTG because the whole site's built around this idea of sharing information. And if you find something, other people are gonna wanna see it and other people in the post industry need to see it. So make sure to go to AOTG.com and share it. If you also have any aspirations to write or anything and you'd like to, you know, write your own post or um, share some content with us that's original, that's another thing you can get in touch with Gord about and I'm sure he'd be interested to, to speak to you about it. Yeah. Um, that said, I think I've got a few questions for this week. Okay, let's hear them. So we just got off the horn with uh, Pliny and Alan and 
we talked a bit about fonts and typography. Yeah. And my big thing is I've never been a good designer or a good layout person. Okay. And I've never, whenever I got credits handed to me, I was always like, ah, oh, crap. Because they were a pain to do, right? Like you heard in the thing, you had to do them in After Effects and create this long list. And, or if you did them in Final Cut Pro, it was, you know, you're constantly trying to get them to fit and work. So I was gonna ask people, what fonts do you recommend? What tips or tricks do you know for doing credits if you're not using ncrawl.com? And have you used ncrawl? Let us know what you think of it. And so we can give it back to the listeners so that they can, can give us feedback. Yeah, let us know what the actual you know, user experience is like, if you know, any feedback you got on the, the credits that you designed. And yeah, I think that'd be really cool. All right, Lauren, how can they call in and leave us a message? Well, that same number that we keep saying over and over. 423-352-POST or 423-352-7678. Same number, just different way of doing it. Yep. So that number again, one last time. Dream it, people. Yes, we want you to fall asleep thinking 423-352-POST. And don't you ever forget... April, NAB, South Lower, 15, 8, 16. Yeah, and uh, we're actually going to be coming on uh, with regards to that in about March, asking for your help in getting the word out about this product. Uh, and again, if you know anything about AOTG, uh, it's a product for sharing information. And we need your help. And um, Gord is, you know... Gord is AOTG. There are a lot of people contributing to AOD, AOTG um, that really help get the word out and work really hard on the site. But um, Gord is the the person managing, you know, the content and making sure that things, you know, keep running and moving. And um, he's always interested in meeting everybody at at all these different events that he goes to. So um, make sure to go and and meet up with him, say hi, introduce yourself. You know, I think it's really great. I think we've talked in the past about, you know, networking can be so uncomfortable initially. And what's great is if you find Gord at an event and start chatting to him without questions, someone will come up that you know a lot of the work of and you get a quick introduction. So I think yeah. that's a really cool thing. And if you're someone who's really established in the industry and you've worked on those projects that everybody's heard of, if you sit down next to Gord, you're going to meet some young up-and-coming people too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'm going to thank Pliny and, of course, Alan. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check out ncrawl.com or at ncrawl. If you ever want to get a hold of us, it's info at aotg.com, at AOTG Network. We've changed our uh, Twitter handle or facebook.com slash AOTG Network. So if people were previously attached to your Twitter it still account, works. it still works. Yeah. So it just transferred everything over. Yeah, we were just trying to smooth it out across them because it was like some had art guillotines, some had AOTG.com, some had... So we were like, what can we do? And that was AOTG Network worked on all of them. Right. So, uh, And it also makes more sense with our name, AOTG.com. Well, we are getting way too many different types of contact information that we have to give out at the yeah, end of so these maybe, maybe we should wrap this up. Yeah, I think you guys have all the information. And I think what we need to do is we need to get someone to create a little badge or um, some sort of Twitter hashtag or something where we can share SL15816. <laughs> we can just say hashtag. SL. The whole time. Yeah. So I'd also like to thank Lauren 
And, of course, Buster, who's been building his bed while we talk. Yeah, scratching everything and uh, huffing and puffing. And uh, I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening. Bye.